from the from the very few options they are, like only half of them are open or whatever. And so it was like that or Chinese food. But the Chinese place that is on there uh, uh, has been closed more times than I am comfortable with uh, due to uh, health violations. And so I'm like, eh, I'll probably steer clear of that place for, for now, you know? <laughs> yeah, Thomaston, Thomaston doesn't have a ton of options, but I'm literally like four minutes away from the Rockland line. So if sure, I wanted to get sure. some kind of takeout, I'm, I'm not too far from anything, really. Congratulations. You've found volume 15 of the Rock of Shame podcast, the backlog-busting, deep-diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week i am your host oh fuck hey oh hold fuck. on hold on i am your host <laughs> fuck did you hit record yeah i did oh cool. yeah it's recording on my end so yeah it's all it's note stuff on my end forgive me ah uh, gosh damn it you can start over it's okay <laughs> <laughs> we got we got editing for that. Congratulations, aka a- you. Yeah, just me. It's gonna be all my work. I, I don't care. I'll fuck up as many times as I want. I'm the one who's gonna cut it. Uh, <laughs> shit. God damn it. Congratulations, you found volume 15 of the Rock of Shame podcast. The backlog-busting, deep-diving music podcast where we discover something new every week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by the Rockefeller skank, Mr. Greg Plord. By the end of this episode, we will either all be fucking in heaven or in-selling in hell. One of the two. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, also joined by the man who is right here, right now, Mr. Drew Peak. Right about now, the funk the soul, funk soul brother. brother. <laughs> Truly a weapon of choice. Hey! <laughs> I don't know uh, what's better, that song or the intro uh, from, from the fucking random guy from Boston or wherever it's from that he throws out at the tip of that song. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you could call it a, a band. Uh, cause it's one guy. <laughs> cause it's one guy. <laughs> well, what kind of songs do Fatboy Slim have? I've, I've never heard their stuff. Right about now. The Funk <laughs> Soul, Soul Brother, check it out now. Now! <laughs> Honestly, that was pretty funny, though. I'm like, I'm like ah, yes, you silly shit. Uh, if you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three uh, uh, gentlemen of leisure uh, and sometimes guests select a musical artist or group we've never really listened to. We spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the art and culture and world of that artist, only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us and you can join in over at our new Discord community. That's tinyurl.com slash rockofshane. Gets you the direct invite over there where we're having a blast talking about music every single week. Everyone was kind of quiet this week about Fatboy Slim. I think we're all preparing for what exactly we're going to say about this artist when we got to this show. But please uh, join the Discord and nerd out with us. We got multiple yeah. channels for just about everything. So We're, we're having yo. fun over there, man, and, and people are enjoying it. Um, 
music is better when you share it. So, so is this podcast. So, uh, you know, share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us out at Rock of Shame. Do all the shit. Uh, we're having a blast over here uh, listening to music, discovering music every single week. Uh, you can watch this show record live every Tuesday night over on twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski where we are live right now. Right but here, right now. <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> but most right importantly here. for now, right now, just subscribe uh, on any podcast platform you like and listen along with us every single week uh, as we get right into the show. We always start on this show by talking about new music that came out. Let's start with Drew. We never start with Drew. Um, yeah, I, I actually will be, uh, dropping an unreleased track on my SoundCloud. Um, I, I road tested over the weekend, got some very good response. So I'm gonna put it out. Um, it's not released though yet. So if you're a record label listening to this right now and you like the song, let me know. I forgot to get some copyrights. How would we know? But... We, we can't hear, can't hear the songs. So, uh, yeah. What's it called? So it is called, um, Move Yourself and... It'll be available on SoundCloud at Official Drewski. Just put Official Drewski into SoundCloud, and you will find me right near the top. Maybe not the top top, but right near it. <laughs> Please also link it in the Discord so I can find it a lot quicker. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be dro- I'll be dropping it pretty soon. Yeah, it's fun. Yee. It's kind of like a dark, dark tribally kind of dance track with some yes samples in it. So. Ooh, nice. And also, uh, and also before we continue, not to interrupt uh, Drew here, but anyone who's watching on Twitch, uh, I do enjoy the Zildjian shirt, my man. Good swag. Thanks. It's very soft. Greg, go next, man. Hokey dokie, I got a few. Um, there's mostly a fair amount of singles. There was one album that I enjoyed, and I'll get to that in a minute, but um, let's see here. For singles that came out that I would highly recommend, uh, Be All, who was a rapper who originated in Maine. He has since moved to New York um, back in 2019, and then, of course, the pandemic happened. Um, but uh, he just came out with a new single, finally, uh, called Pirouette. It's a pretty short, solid, uh, kind of sing-songy flow uh, kind of song, but it's pretty dope. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, another one of those... Uh, Black album covers from various artists singles came out from Biffy Clyro for Holier Than Thou, and I thought their cover was pretty interesting for the most part. They're a band that I only just discovered last year from their latest release, and um, they're a pretty interesting group. I wouldn't mind probably tackling them on a later episode if uh, if if it qualifies for others. Um other singles include Don Bracco's Gum Shield. That one's pretty hard-hitting. Um, and also Lil Sims came out with another single called I Love You, I Hate You, which is which just makes me more anticipated for uh, her album, which I believe comes out in September, in which, goddamn, I hate that's being teased for so many months, but it's like... <laughs> the, so far, the singles are just top-notch every single listen, so I'm anticipating that to be in my top five of the year already. My my expectations are fucking high. Um, nice. And the album, 
Oh, actually, one other single. In the Court of the Dragon by Trivium, In the Court of the Dragon. I don't know if this is just a one-off or if it's leading to an album later this year, which would be kind of weird for Trivium because they're one of those bands that release pretty consistently, like every three years kind of thing, and they just released one last year, which was in my top five but of the year. But they had but, all um, this time at home, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, the, lead, the lead singer, Matt Heafy, um, the lead singer and uh, not lead guitarist, but he also does solos, um, he is actually a very big Twitch streamer, so it would mm-hmm. honestly make sense that he's done a shit ton of writing. Like, he actually did a collaboration with Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park on a song called In Defiance, which he released uh, last month. That was also really fucking dope. It's like industrial uh, industrial rock, and I I loved that a lot more than I was anticipating. Um, but the album that I really enjoyed um, this week was uh, Vince Staples' self-titled record, um, it's 11 tracks. It's really more like nine tracks and two short interludes, uh, 22 minutes long. Um, but Vince Staples has some really solid flows, verses, pretty personal shit. Um, and all the production's done by Kenny Beats. So if you're a fan of Kenny Beats, he has some really dope production on here. Overall, it's just a really solid hip hop record that doesn't overstay its welcome. If anything, I wish there was a little bit more, but, uh, Vince Staples does his thing. Kenny Beats does his thing. Go check out everything I just recommended. On to Bryce. Uh, the new Black Pumas single, uh, Wichita Lineman. Uh, Ooh, they came out with a new one? Fuck yeah. I guess. I guess. Uh, it, uh, Spotify said it was new, and it says 2021 on it. Beyond that, I can't, I can't be bothered to research further. Uh, but it, it popped up. <laughs> popped up in my new this week uh it's cool man if you like that first black pumas record it's a lot like that first black pumas record in a wonderfully refreshing way it seems to be uh that we're sort of heading down this uh old soul revival route with a couple of these groups uh including uh black pumas including um silk sonic uh if that record ever comes out uh god, god so, damn it that's just the biggest fucking cock tease of the year <laughs> and so uh and i'm here for it because i love that shit and uh uh i hope that uh uh some significant like lessons are being learned both by the industry and by groups that like hey maybe we don't maybe we can like incorporate some of these like more soulful sounds into what we're doing um I really dig it, and uh, I really dig the new track. Uh, it hasn't settled with me uh, as much as anything from that first album, but uh, I listened to it once. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, uh, it may end up being something uh, that really sits with me after um, after further listens, but who knows? Uh, the other track I want to talk about is Colt Forty Five from our buddy's Drive Train, which dropped a couple of days ago silently over on Bandcamp. But Bandcamp sent me an email. Uh, and, uh, I, I mean, I love this thing very, uh, uh, by their own accord, uh, uh, sort of butt rocky, uh, stuff, uh, from, uh, that feels, uh, I mean, it feels great. They're like a real, uh, a real rock band in a time where, uh, that doesn't really, uh, happen so much anymore. Um, and I love, uh, their work. They work locally all the time. They're playing an aura pretty soon. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked for them and, uh, I love the single and it definitely feels like, 
you know, like something put together uh, in this time and has a great uh, guitar solo and everything like that. Definitely go and check that out. That's awesome um, for them. And and uh, and uh, they're all great guys, great to work with, and they make great, uh, very uh, simple and beautiful rock songs. Uh, which, uh, you know, we need <laughs> in this time. So, uh, I'm super stoked on it. And, uh, and I think you guys should check it out. Colt 45. It's over on drive trains band camp, which I think is just, uh, uh, drive train dot bandcamp.com. Is that how they do it? Yeah, there we go. Drivetrain.bandcamp.com. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, great to go and check it out. Uh, let's get into it, man. Volume 15, Fat Boy Slim. So much to say, so much to talk about. I'm going to quote Wikipedia at the top because I always do. Norman Quentin Cook, born Quentin Leo Cook, the 31st of July, 1963, also known by his stage name, Fat Boy Slim, is an English musician, DJ, and record producer. Who? helped popularize the big beat genre in the 1990s. In the 1980s, Cook was the bassist for Hull-based indie rock band The House Martins, who achieved a UK number one single with their acapella cover of Caravan of Love. Uh, after The House Martins split, Cook formed the electronic band Beats International in Brighton, who produced the number one sing single, uh, Dub Be Good To Me. Uh, he then played in Freak Power, Pizza Man, and Mighty Dub Cats with moderate success. In 1996, Cook adopted the name Fatboy Slim and released Better Living Through Chemistry to critical acclaim. The follow-up albums, You've Come a Long Way, Baby, Halfway Between the Gutter and the Stars, and Palookaville, as well as singles such as The Rockefeller Skank, Praise You, Right Here, Right Now, Weapon of Choice, and Wonderful Night, achieved commercial and critical success. In 2008, Cook formed the Brighton Port Authority with David Byrne. He has... Uh, been responsible for successful remixes for Corner Shop, The Beastie Boys, A Tribe Called Quest, Groove Armada, and Wild Child. In 2010, in partnership with Byrne, he released the concept album Here Lies Love. Cook holds the Guinness World Record for most top 40 hits under different names. As a solo act, he has won nine MTV Video Music Awards and two Brit Awards. Uh, that's uh, the end of it. Fatboy Slim. It was, it was Drew's pick. It's Drew's week. Drew's going to start us off talking about his week with Fatboy Slim, man. Come on, Mr. DJ. All right. Fatboy Slim. Hell yeah. So I listened to all of his stuff for the most part. Let me just go ahead and name off. Stuff from the good old Spotify. Um, Spoodafoo. So I listened to Better Living Through Chemistry, You've Come a Long Way, Baby, uh, Halfway Between the Gutter and the Stars, Illuminati, Camber Sands, The Pimp, Palookaville, uh, Here Lies Love, um, Get Naked and all the remixes to it. Um, and... Uh, that's pretty much it. There isn't um, much. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I did listen to some of the um, single stuff, too. I've spun some of his single stuff, like, before. 
like his collaboration with Eats Everything, uh, the track All the Ladies, that track's killer. I actually spun that before quarantine and it did really well on a dance floor, so that's cool. Um, yeah, that's a fun track. Um, yeah, so I guess like you can kind of, you can kind of hear like, you know, how he's like this pioneer for like the whole big beat sound. Cause like, it's, it's, it's definitely big beaty, kind of like how like the Chemical Brothers did it, or like, um, you know, maybe like a little bit of some of the Prodigy or something like that. There's definitely that big beat that he was doing, but like, what I really liked about it is how much he incorporated real live instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, and, I like that, like a lot of that, like kind of word repetition stuff and just kind of playing around with like a single phrase throughout a song and like chopping it and changing it around and stuff and using it to kind of build a song and just like that kind of minimalistic outlook. Like, I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff from that era and not a lot of people did it quite as like effectively as he did. And like he had the big beat thing behind him. So it was like a little bit easier to like spam it, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely got a little tired of Big Beat by the end of this week. I think it's like, it was like too much Big Beat for like one week. Um, I really liked it more when I started hearing some more kind of experimental stuff when he started doing actual like break beats and acid and house type stuff. Like that was really fun hearing that and some of his later stuff yes. and the re- and the remixes too were really great. Um, like he had a lot of really good remixes done and like some stuff that I like saved for later in case I might find a way to slip it into a mix. Um, but yeah, I mean like, um, I think like Sean mentioned it in practice the other day, like it's going to be tough to like try and digest all of Fatboy Slim in a week because of like, it's a lot of like stuff that kind of is good for like a certain setting kind of thing. And like that setting is the dance floor. And so like attentively listening to this, over long periods of time, like is kind of rough sometimes because it's in like a extended sort of like version that you would want to dance to for a long period of time um, on like a dance floor. And like, if you're just sitting and wanting to listen to like a three minute pop song or something like that, you're not going to get that with fat boy slim. Yeah, I did. I I did find listening to his albums uh, that uh, I would get halfway through and I would be like, this has got to be close to over. Right. And then I look, I'd be like, oh, no, a half an hour left. Okay. Uh (laughs) He he did have some tracks that were around the three to four minute range, but that was kind of like in between the five to six minute ones. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think like his classic hits are great songs like Rockefeller Skank, super fun. Um, it's a very fun and light, I think like, I think the whole vibe I get from him and like what he still kind of sets off today, um, it's just like this energy of just like having fun and just like this kind of raw dance, like vibe, like if that makes sense, like I, I'm, I got that a lot from his stuff where it's just like, this is literally for the underground, it's for the dance scene, it's just for people to like, you know, dance their fucking hearts away to, to long, long songs that just like keep going and just like you want to just keep moving to and you just never want it to end kind of thing with just like really good kind of tasteful sounds to it. I was never like listening to it and being like, oh, that's like jarring. Like it was always just kind of like, 
like I could I could keep listening to that 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 sounds really good like and like I don't know it's it's the same kind of concept with most dance music why I like it where it's like taking an aspect or an element of something and one small little chopped up piece that you really wanted to hear more of in like a song that was written before and and just repeating that and just emphasizing the flavor behind that and building something upon that um and yeah it's just like the only thing was I just got tired of the big beat beat like it just like <laughs> that was the only thing that really got to me was like boom and like it just it was fun for a while but like I wanted to hear some other stuff and you can start getting it though in the later albums but it's just like that was all that was going on in the 90s for like the earlier part of his career so like obviously he's just trying to fucking like vending machine out like all these songs so he has like a lot of songs that people can play when they DJ and stuff and play sets you know and so it makes sense that it's there but um i think like probably if i had to pick like favorite songs for each album um let's see uh i like to give give a give the poe man a break and everybody needs a 303 on uh bitter living through chemistry i also just really loved how much he tricked out the 303 in that like it's a cool synth um hearing it get all acidy and fucking weird like that and morphine and like changing texture throughout the song was really fucking sick um it's Dude, definitely the guitar the guitar line in give give a pole man a break was just i really liked how much guitar he incorporated in his songs but i'll get into that yeah. in mind i just i just want to say that that was on my playlist too i really loved that track yeah yeah i mean it, it is really cool like all of his bass lines are super fucking groovy too like Mm-hmm. throughout all this stuff like yeah so uh you've come a long way baby like obviously just so many hits are in that like right here right now the rockefeller skank um in heaven gangster tripping like that whole block of those first four songs just like boom 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 like just like oh my god i remember these songs and i remember some people saying the discord they didn't really like praise you um because it they just thought it was like annoying but I really like I like the piano line in that and like I don't know it's just yeah it's got, I had I had to question the Discord on that one I'm like really what's wrong about this one I, this I one's just fucking dope I mean like it was very it was very overplayed in that time I feel like maybe people got sick of it that way maybe. as 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 younger people we lack the context for exactly how they ingested this song at that time you know what I mean that's so. true yeah and like you know there's like a great purple disco machine like remix of it that i've heard people play live before i don't play it because it's just too popular kind of like and predictable but um mm-hmm. it's still a good fucking song it's just like you know for my mixes i like to try and like if anything i would just grab some b-side shit from fat boy slim if i was gonna play anything and i heard some cool stuff that was really unique like that throughout the week um i really like the acid 8000 i'm just a huge fucking like absolute nerd for any acid synths whatsoever like if there's a cool Dude, acid same. sequence on it i'm just like like my face is just like <laughs> like throughout the change-ups and like the modulation and stuff i'm just like, <laughs> like dude I, i'm not even that like huge in like the history of acid house and stuff but like i know what you're saying like those specific synths when i heard those i'm like yeah Give me it's just more. so. It just gives me a like a permanent stank face every time I hear an acid synth. Um, but yeah, so moving on to halfway between the gutter and stars. Um, uh, weapon of choice 
like I really liked Retox and Weapon of Choice and how it flowed into it. Retox mm. had like this cool kind of dark housey kind of thing going on, like a techno-y acid type thing. And uh, I really just like how um, dark it was and it didn't have as much of the break or the big beat style in the song. It was more just kind of four on the floor, which I kind of liked a lot. And the way it just goes into like Weapon of Choice out of that weird kind of like uh, sample that like got looped and then slowed down and it faded into it. I really like how it flowed. Yeah, the, the transitions on all the Fatboy Slim records were really yeah. solid. Bird of Prey was all right. Um, I really like Star 69 like a lot. That one's really fun off that album. And then Illuminati, um, I really just, I really liked the song Song for Shelter, the Pete Holler stylus long mix of Song for Shelter. Um, I could, like, it just, it fucking just expands and ruminates through, like, it just keeps opening up and changing up, like, throughout it. Like, there's a lot of house songs that nowadays that kind of stick to, like, a formula where it's, like, intro, build, like drop part where it, like it's like the the break the beat you know and then it has like a breakdown and then it builds and then it goes into another drop and then it has like an outro type thing and this song literally has like one kind of build at the beginning and then it just kind of changes up parts throughout it and just adds things and takes things out in like this way where it just kind of keeps going like oh shit that's so fucking cool and like things just keep getting added and uh like this really creative way so i really like that song off of that um uh, the Camber Sands was probably not not my favorite out of those three that came out in 2002. I did like The Pimp, though. I think that whole uh, compilation had some really good stuff on it um, for me. Palookaville was fun. Um, I feel like I was getting kind of tired of like the big beat sound, though, by the time I got to it. Um, and then the David Byrne stuff was just really unique, and it had like a cool vibe of like diversity from like what he was doing with his like big beat stuff which i was really excited about and i really liked the track with santi gold on it uh please don't that was a super fun track i just like like a lot of stuff that santi gold's on um and then i like the get naked track um the original one's just super fucking fun um and then there's also i mean like the people that remixed it it's just crazy like you have like carl cox doing one of the remixes on it like you know, the fact that Reva Starr did it with Fatboy Slim was really cool. And it's kind of, we're kind of like, in that part of it, we're kind of getting more into like where he's at now, where he's kind of gone to the roots of house music and, and sort of strayed away from Big Beat. And which I've been really digging a lot. Like I've listened to a few of his live sets and obviously throughout his career doing Big Beat, like the man is just like very aware of like other genres and stuff. Like, so I, I've, seen like a live set of him DJing with Carl Cox and um they're both like 30 plus years in DJing and like making electronic music and that was like for Boiler Room it was just like this really big like if you can get a Boiler Room set it's kind of like getting like an hour special on like HBO back in the day kind of thing like if you get a Boiler Room set you're like you're a fucking killer DJ and so they did like a tag team DJ set on Boiler Room and it was just like fucking phenomenal and just mind blowing. And the room was really hot. So they're both sweating their asses off and stuff. And they're both singing along to the songs they're playing because they're playing a lot of like older house tracks and stuff together. And they're smiling and hugging and just having a great time of it. And just like seeing that energy and like hearing the music, it makes sense that they're both kind of aligned together like that because it's just the man is just true to like what it is, the underground rave scene and just like that electronic music vibe and just like that whole 
energy of just, you know, peace, love, unity, and respect, and just dancing your fucking heart out. And obviously, the drug culture is in there, too. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, the chopping up of all the words and stuff like that, uh, like, if I had heard it when I was still rolling or, like, something like it would be, like, so fucking, like, oh, my God, and just, like, exciting and just, like, how it just kind of is, like, so glitchy and psychedelic-y at the same time. I don't know. Like, it's cool that he's able to do that. So, I mean, that's pretty much my time with Fatboy Slim. I enjoyed it. It was just a little too much big beat um, overall just for a week's worth of time. So I will go next. I think. All right. Yes. Uh, I listened to the four albums. Uh, uh, Better Living Through Chemistry, You've Come a Long Way, Baby, Halfway Between the Gutter and the Stars, and Palookaville. Uh, I actually, uh, love Drew's take on, on, uh, Fat Boy Slim because there are things that he mentioned as being things he really loves about this artist that are things that bothered me the most about this artist. And it goes to show you how much like subjectivism is in pulling music apart between people and, and, and why we do this show with as a three chair show is to have because uh when you're learning about music like the difference in opinions is kind of what's magical about it being art right is that is that people can like and dislike something for the same thing for the same reasons i will say one thing we match up on is uh uh fatboy slim's use of real instruments throughout uh his work um is really something uh that spoke to me because i can't fucking stand the sound of most drum machines let alone old drum machines i i think they sound awful um and so for him to use a lot of real drums a lot of other real instruments throughout his work was something that was immediately obvious to me and immediately dictated a whole lot more energy than i usually get from this type of stuff for my listening now granted me as somebody who doesn't really like the genre that's being played saying it worked for me is like oh that's great but like who cares what you think? And I understand that. Uh, but uh, Drew, one thing Drew pointed out that we absolutely don't match up on is that he enjoyed the minimalism of it. And that was a point for me that I, I was maybe the biggest turnoff for me throughout his work is that a whole song would be one quote of a guy going, they know what they know, but they don't what they know, what the fuck, or whatever, over and over again for six minutes. Um, and by the, by like minute three, I'm like, I'm good already, dude. I don't know that I need more of this, but I understand Drew comes from a place of having an affinity for this genre that I just don't have. And I will say, I think throughout his catalog, I think this is the closest I've gotten to being into something like this. And there were a handful of songs where I was like, this is kind of great. Uh, and then there were a lot of songs where I was like, this is just fucking nothing <laughs> for me like it just didn't it wasn't doing anything for me other than yep this is this is some noise with a beat under it i mean there were several selections off of each record where the ending was was literally just two minutes of a siren with a drum beat under it so i uh, i mean like there there are large swaths of this that that i was just sitting there like Okay, uh, and I did find, you know, every record being an hour and 10 minutes long, almost to the letter, by the way, which is remarkably consistent. It's as if he had a cutoff time. Uh, <laughs> uh, was a situation That's true, where... I, I didn't actually think of that, but 
Yeah, you're right. Actually, P- Palookaville was Palookaville was, I think, shorter than that. But even yeah. then, yeah, no, he's pretty consistent with his album runs. Um, even uh, in in pretty much all those situations, and even listening passively. Uh, again, I, I would get about a half a half an hour through an album and be like, I'm good on this. And then I'd check, I'd be like, oh, still a half an hour left. So most of these albums I listen to in two installments. And, and I think people were expecting me to come on here and like hate this. I don't hate it. It's electronic music. It's doing its thing. This is an example of it. I kind of like that he uses uh, more modern instruments, but I don't, I mean, I don't have a hatred for it any more than I do any other version of this thing uh i get it people love it for dancing i would argue you can you know dance to better music than this but it's here uh for people to dance to on the dance floor very you could dance very... to king crimson <laughs> sure you could dance to any music it doesn't have to be this you know uh, i would be but... curious to see what that dancing style would look like <laughs> you would have to be on probably a shit ton of drugs <laughs> or probably some kind of mental illness, but I don't know. as as though that's not helpful for this music as well. <laughs> Drug, um, drugs do help. Drugs do help. <laughs> or alcohol. So for which... so for me, you know, without revealing my star rating yet, uh, uh, I I landed kind of in the middle on this. Like for the type of thing that this is, which I am not terribly fond of uh as a music listener because uh, and and it the the genre comes by it honestly because most of the things that i love about music are intentionally not present here like there 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 aren't there's no lyrical storytelling whatsoever uh there's no melody for the most part whatsoever in most of these songs certainly not uh not vocally you know uh there's no uh uh you know the dynamics are pretty uh, uh, uh pretty one note throughout a bunch of these songs it's just a bunch of the stuff that i love just like isn't really here and so uh for me it's not something that like stokes my eye or whatever. And I don't think he had any albums that were as bad as push the button, you know? Um, and so (laughs) good reference. (laughs) So for the four records that were here, I was like, yeah, these are fine, you know, for what this is. But, uh, for me, uh, it's like a poker record, you know? It's like if I was going to listen to a poker record and I listened to a really good poker record, I would be like, this is, you know, as far as poker goes, a really good poker record. But I still think it's corny as fuck, you know, um, and really stupid. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm stuck between both worlds of being like, yeah, it's fine for a fucking poker record, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of kind of where I leave on it. It wasn't some, you know because I'm I uh, this is like Sean, Sean our bass player like fucking uh, really likes Fatboy Slim, but despite not really being all into this type of music. Uh, granted, I I think it's a, a a childhood thing for him, and so that's uh, why he's into it. But so I was expecting for this to be uh, this to have something to it that was like exceedingly different, and and there is kind of in that he's using a lot more analog instruments, but. Other than that, it's like, no, it's like, it's dance music, man. You put it on, you go boom, 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 right? And then you're like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> that's that's a, I don't really have a more nuanced opinion than that other than like, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, for what it is, it's fine. Uh, Greg, please let us know about, uh, about Fat Boy Slim, brother. 
All right. Well, I listened to Better Living Through Chemistry. You've come a long way, baby. Halfway between the gutter and the stars. Uh, I also listened to Palookaville, Here Lies Love. And I also listened to Fat Boy Slim Presents Bem Brazil, just because I was kind of interested to see what that sort of had entailed. And uh, I'll get to that toward the end here. But for the studio albums of his, that's under his name, Strictly, his name, not the David Byrne Project and all that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think the live instrumentation definitely did help. I love the fact that he used a lot of different analog guitars for his music. I think that really resonated with me quite a bit. And his drum work on here, at, at least the live drum samples that he used, were really solid as well. Um, better Living through chemistry definitely was more of the big beat kind of record it definitely fell for me sort of in that same category as chemical brothers and uh the crystal method where they in the 90s it was definitely the big beat sound and i think fat boy slim definitely has songs on here that um definitely resonate uh and stand out amongst the crowds such as uh, give the pole man a break, uh, first down, punk to funk. He actually incorporated a fair amount of funk into his, uh, big beat, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, quite, quite a bit. Um, although admittedly, an hour and ten minutes of this stuff was not exactly my cup of tea either. I did enjoy it for what it was, but some songs I'm like, I don't know, maybe halfway through or three quarters through, maybe that could have been where it ended. But mm-hmm. I don't know that that's just me. Because um, I think thing the thing I will mention about that, like the ending, same to take a while, is that mm-hmm. a lot of that's just outro to give you time to transition the next song in, which is yeah, what, that, that's why a lot of that composition is longer at the end. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I figured, and why it seems so repetitive. Yeah, I can yeah. Un- I can understand that and still think it makes it really difficult to listen. To. Well, yeah, no, like when you realize you're at the outro, like for me at least, I'm like next. Like usually, like I don't need to hear the outro. I know what it's there for. Yeah, I know that that part is just kind of to be repetitive because they didn't have uh for a lot of songs like that they didn't have loopers, um to be able to like yeah. loop an outro to like be able to start building in your next song with like a loop at the end, which you can do with a lot of other stuff like rap or whatever you're DJing. You know what I mean? So that's just good to know that like a lot of that's supposed to sound as boring and repetitive as it is because you're kind of using that to kind of build the next song into it. And like, yeah, mm -hmm. if if I can make a quick comparison to chemical brothers, just because we're on the big beat thing. The thing I liked about chemical brothers quite a bit with their early records was that, for me, listening to their like first four records, it seemed like, while granted they obviously did have some level of repetition to them, they kind of used the time that they had in a way that sounded like a fully structured song, where Fatboy Slim kind of did the outro for a couple minutes kind of thing, and it just didn't really progress anywhere no. for me. Yeah. That that's just me. No, I don't think it's. I just do me. have a glass of bourbon in my system, so <laughs> no, I mean, not yeah, no, properly, uh, Chemical but. Brothers definitely made more like songy kind of outros that like still had parts to them. But I would say, arguably, that like because Fatboy Slim's outros are so simple, it makes it a lot easier to DJ with. Like, 
because when you have something as as repetitive and as boring as that, it makes it so people will be paying attention to this next song that's coming in. And it's way easier to just whoop, you know, and just switch it yeah. over to the next and, song. And basically. the thing I will say about Fat Boy Slim, out of all the big beat um, artists that sort of came from that era especially on later albums, he really had like a pop sensibility that I don't think Chemical Brothers had. Chemical Brothers was definitely more of like an experimental sort of group and Crystal Method, while I'm not as familiar with their discography, I have been sort of digging around their stuff a little bit. Um, They're not quite as pop savvy either, whereas Fatboy Slim absolutely had the pop numbers in spades. And that's why I think in particular transitioning into You've Come a Long Way Baby, you have songs like Right Here, Right Now, The Rockefeller Skank, In Heaven, slash fucking In Heaven, uh, Gangster, literally the whole album of You've Come a Long Way Baby, I have heard time and time again on random YouTube videos. Or just even just like shit. remixes of it too, like just yeah. the samples that are in all of those songs have been like reused like so much in dance culture it's crazy yeah there was a number there was a yeah. number of things that i was like oh okay i've heard this before yeah and yeah. granted this was the one fat boy slim record i had listened to prior to this show but it'd been like four or five years since i really listened to it so i didn't really remember right. much of it but going back to it just holy shit like the amount of times that i was just vibing not in my head and just really just enjoying what i was listening to it's like the quintessential Fat Boy Slim record. Like, if there was any album I would recommend starting with, it would be this one. Because while, yes, the big beat is obviously there, and like Drew said, if you if you get tired of big beat, it this record might not be for you, but the pop sensibility that this record has with such really catchy... It, it's just riddled with hooks. This thing is riddled with goddamn hooks. As repetitive as they are, they aren't irritating or at least to me bryce might have a different opinion on that but like i don't know just fucking and fucking and fucking in heaven for some reason did not irritate me at all i just laughed and i just enjoyed the shit out of it um and gangster tripping build it up tear it down soul surfing praise you which again i don't understand why the discord had a problem with it but then again like bryce said maybe it's an age thing where they were there when the song came out and it got really overplayed or something like that. And for me, I just enjoyed the shit out of it. And Acid 8000, oh, God, what a fantastic closer that song is. Yeah, on the it's record. a fucking journey with all the fucking crazy 303 action going on. Yeah. I, I just, it, it, remi- yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, sort of the psychedelic stuff that Chemical Brothers were, were doing on, uh, on their second record there, especially toward the end, the psychedelic reel. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, halfway between the gutter and the stars, I didn't like quite as much, although they did, it definitely had some bangers and I think incorporated a bit more funk into the mix, uh, in particular on my playlist here, uh, love life and mad flavor definitely had some weirder funk elements, especially the bass lines. Uh, mad flavor really was super funky. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the drum work on that song was really solid too. Yeah, and of course, weapon of choice. I mean, even outside of the uh, music video that's associated with the song, which, by the way, if for some reason you are not familiar work with of it, art. go. It truly is. Go go watch it. Um, but the song itself actually holds up pretty well. 
all things considered, yeah. even with all the turntablism that's on the record. Like, Fatboy Slim knew how to do turntables pretty fucking solid and make it still sound so oh, great, dude. even yeah. after almost almost 20 years since the song's release. He's one of those um, guys that can, like, literally rock any set of turntables, like, so fucking hard. Like, vinyl, CDJs, whatever it is, like... That's one thing that you see from that guy. Like, he can actually scratch. Like, not a lot of people can really rock vinyls. Like, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an art that's lost amongst people yeah. my age. So, it's cool. Yeah, I know for some, I know for some people, the way that turntables are incorporated and, you know, especially in rap metal, you know, going completely off different genres, oh, it can God. get really corny, cor- yeah. corny as shit. But, yeah. like... I don't, I don't know. For some reason, even modern stuff like turntablism isn't really much of a thing outside of like the old school revival hip hop type of stuff. And I really kind of wish in like the way that Fatboy Slim incorporated that it does kind of come back in this kind of way, because the way that he does it is kind of more in a musical vein than just, yeah. you know, scratch, scratch, scratch. Yeah, scratch, it's like scratch, tasteful, kind of thing. really good like acapella options for like what he's scratching on and stuff like. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of people being able to pull that off tastefully in most modern dance music. Like, I know one guy codes C O D E S. Like, he does live stuff where he does live scratching with house music, which is like outlandish. But like, when he does it, it's actually really impressive. And I'm like, whoa! Like, you made this good. How the fuck did you do that? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I can I can scratch, but it just it doesn't really add anything. But he does it in a way that it. It adds something good. It to feels it. like an extra texture to the song yeah. than just a little mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I'm gonna break down the song a little bit." Yeah, er, 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 woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> he actually like does some good stuff with it to make good builds and stuff, and he adds. He really uses the whole like optimization that you have with like technology today for DJing and stuff. But yeah, anyways, like Fatboy Slim though, like yeah, I mean. I, like the only other person I think I've seen who's like a filthy scratcher who actually still does it is like Jazzy Jeff Live, which was like. Mm. really fucking sick but anyways sorry <laughs> I'll, I'll give another artist a little shout out here even though granted he's associated with a band who is very mixed uh dj lethal Honestly, <laughs> as a... bring it home <laughs> dude a- as a turntable guy he actually also incorporated it more musically and while yeah. granted you can granted limp biscuits limp biscuit if you love them you love them you hate them you hate them whatever but to me, the way that DJ Lethal incorporate, like literally, the way that he tried to approach turntables in Limp Biscuit was like, yeah, I'm literally just like a second guitar, just on a different kind of instrument. Yeah, and sure. I think the way that he incorporated it was actually pretty decent. I think he's honestly a really great DJ. He's just associated with one of the most controversial taste bands. <laughs> and granted, I'm gonna transition back into Fatboy Slim here by saying I still have three albums to opinionate here, but um, right. Uh, is gonna be pretty short. Um, I was mixed on it. I liked some of the more surf rock approaches that, uh, Palookaville had. Um, but some of the more reggae-esque cuts that that was on the record, I didn't care for as much. I -hmm. thought, I thought the way that he approached reggae was a little bit hokey. But some of the more surf rock influences that he had on there, I enjoyed. And granted, reggae is a genre that I'm a little bit mixed on myself. I like some. But in the way that's incorporated with the electronic music that he was doing, it just didn't click with me personally. Yeah. But I could see why I could see why somebody would enjoy it. I, I was just like, I get the appeal. It's just going over yeah. my head. 
they're going, it's going in one ear out the other. I like I, when there's Reagan corporations and anything, it just sounds better if it's like garage or like really, really, really old dubstep, like not anything that Agreed. most people would be aware of what it is. Basically, like it like yeah. it just basically is just like dub reggae with like slightly beefier sub bass in it, basically, and like an electronic yeah. drum beat that like is has yeah. a good groove to it. But I'm not I'm not talking like that screechy fucking wah, 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 shit like this is like literally like two step with like dub elements in it because like the UK and Jamaican influence mixed together and stuff like. Yeah, it's it's important to note the guy the guy's a UK artist, right? Which means reggae is a lot more part of his musical fabric than it is even for us in America. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, re- reggae, reggae kind of broke big over there in the 70s. And so that's something that's just sort of weaved into a lot of their music to a greater level than it is for us. Yeah. Um, One record I actually did really want to talk about actually was the Here Lies Love record. And while granted, I didn't listen to it more so in like the concept record that it was based around the themes of it. Um, right. The fact that it was with the lead singer of Talking Heads really piqued my interest because I do enjoy me some talking heads. Right. Um, so yeah. listening to David Byrne and flat and fat boy slim, basically sort of composing these in composing the instrumentals while also having a shit ton of different singers on each track, which I am kind of surprised Bryce that you didn't check this record out because they're actually like songs. Full so on. I figured it wasn't, like, it this- wasn't in his discography. It was somewhere else. So I uh, couldn't find it. <laughs> It it was right there it in was, the Spotify. Yeah, it was right there. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. It was uh, I I found his discography on Wikipedia or something, and I did his studio albums, and then I was like, I think yeah. I got it. Yeah, right above Bazookaville is Here Lies Love, which is yeah, yeah. it's really mostly yeah. real instruments and stuff that was produced yeah. by Fat Boy. Because techni- technically, Burke. it is a soundtrack album that was eventually adapted into. Um, like a Broadway like screenplay kind of thing, mm. and which I I didn't check that part out, but I'm I'm sure it was really interesting. Um, but the songs that were on here, honestly, were like really leaning into the pop sensibilities that Fatboy Slim had. Uh, had some big beat stuff into it. Had some of the more live instrumentation that he was incorporating, and of course David Byrne had his hand in it, whether vocally or in some way compositionally. Honestly, this record's pretty goddamn solid, even though it is admittedly 90 minutes long. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really bored throughout the entire thing. You have uh, Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine on here, right on the opening track. You also have Tori Amos on a couple of tracks here. Steve Earle, Cindy Lauper, um, who actually was really good. That was one of my favorite tracks, 11 Days. Um... You also had, uh, uh, who else am I seeing as big standout? Uh, Sia was on here, and that was around the time where Sia's popularity was pretty big. Uh, Santa Gold, and which, of course, her feature was absolutely solid. I agree with uh, Drew on that one. Uh, even the one song where it's strictly uh, David Burns vocals, which is American uh, Troglodyte, Granted, I probably mispronounced that because of the bourbon in my system, but um, <laughs> that song was actually pretty dope, too, when it was just David Byrne going over some Fatboy Slim shit. Um, honestly, this whole record was pretty damn solid, and it leaned into the fact that Fatboy Slim definitely had those pop sensibilities with him, 
And while some songs were kind of leaning more toward the five, five and a half minute mark, it didn't really bore me the entire mm-hmm. time. And maybe it would have been a little bit more of an intriguing listen if I dived into the concept of the record that it was going for. But just as a solid collection of songs, I mean, this is a really damn good record. And if I could find it on vinyl, I'm I'm getting it. Um, <laughs> and then on the opposite end, the last record I listened to was uh, Fat Boy Slim Presents Bem Brazil, where I, I'm guessing, because there wasn't really much context around this record, was it's kind of like one of those Fat Boy Slim finds a ton of artists that he likes and then just throws a compilation together yeah. of like 20 different songs. But um, the Brazil uh, rhythms that come through this thing oh my as as a rhythm dude oh so good so <laughs> goddamn motherfucking good um granted it's also an hour and 49 minutes um so i didn't probably listening to the whole thing it, it there's going to be some tracks that make you go all right i'm just going to skip this shit yeah but um in in particular some tracks i really did like were uh uh samba do mundo which i which i believe was the intro track which is a gregor salto featuring uh sax symbol track um and Tordorov is also a name on here um there's also the uh magdalena which is dj fresh feet versus fat boy slim i don't know if that's a remix track or what it is but i really love that and uh put your hands up for brazil which is a freddy legrand song uh, was absolutely fantastic. Um, just a lot of the percussion layering throughout the songs uh, really, really struck a nerve with me because, of course, being a drummer, I love uh, and also just loving different percussion like cajon, bongos, congas, cowbell, wood blocks, yeah. whatever you name it. Like they were very prominent in the mixes, and the way that they were incorporated were in a more musical context, which I think Fat Boy Slim was able to incorporate a lot even in his own stuff like going back to his first record uh give a give the po man a break the percussion line that he had in there was incorporated in a very musical sense like there was an actual med like a melody going on with the wood blocks and the congas there that just made me go oh my god this it like stuck in my head the entire the entire listen but pretty much uh bem brazil was almost pretty much entirely that with a with a couple of forgettable tracks but long story short now that i have rambled uh fat boy slim for me was a very enjoyable listen throughout and while there are some forgettable cuts on each record i thoroughly did enjoy what i was listening to it would have probably been better if maybe he trimmed the fat a little bit on some of the songs maybe had a five minute max on a couple of tracks, but other than that, I mean, there's a reason why Fatboy Slim's name is very prominent, even to this day, with the fact that even his studio discography, like, his own studio discography really ended in 2004, but he's still, he's still doing stuff, uh, just singles-wise, he's doing remixes, he's doing these projects with fucking the guy from Talking Heads and a shit ton of people from brazil and they're and they all fucking slap like there's Mm -hmm. a reason why fatboy slim i think has a very solid name not only in the electronic music genre but also just even in a mainstream 
genre as a whole. I think sure. the dude. Plus, it's fun to say, you know. Yeah, true. Fat it's boy a fun Slim. name to say. Yeah, he's he's fucking in heaven and he's fucking dope. <laughs> that, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 done rambling. How many slaps? Uh, for me, I'm going to give a solid four. Uh, okay. In, in comparison to the Chemical Brothers, who I I believe I with Chemical Brothers, they gave a three, and I think it was because Chemical Brothers, you gave a three. Yeah, and I think with that, it was because the middle of their discography, I wasn't as big of a fan of, and it did sort of drop the score a bit. And I think with Fatboy Slim, maybe it is a little bit of the fact that he has such a short discography overall, but that everything I have listened to does slap quite a mm-hmm. quite a lot. And even with the mild gripes that I do have, personally, I would probably go back to a couple of his records. I If I find them on vinyl, I would probably get them. I, I wouldn't listen to him like five out of five perfect grandmaster fat boy slim, but right. like truly I, I enjoy what he does. And if I'm in the mood for it, uh, he might be one of my go-tos. Uh, I'm at a two. If I was in a car with somebody and they insisted on listening to fat boy slim, I'd be like, ah, fat boy slim. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't be sitting there like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, y- yeah, yeah, either. I'd be like, yeah, okay, Fat Boy Slim. He's like a two for me. He's okay. I'm fine with it. Uh, uh, Drew. It's also going to be a four, um, just because like, I really like uh, where he has gone with his career. Um, but And I appreciate what the Big Beat sound does and like all the samples and stuff. But um, I just don't really... There's some stuff that I'm just like, eh, like about, and then the other stuff I'm like, well, this is really good. It just kind of, it balances it out. Like it's close to a five, but it's just not quite there for a five for me. Like I just don't see myself listening to him constantly. Um, but I do appreciate like a lot of what he's done and stuff like that. And there's some good shit in there that like I would probably spin, which is honestly better than I could say for Chemical Brothers. Like I just, there's, it's hard for me to find. <laughs> stuff that I would really rock out still unless it was like maybe like a more modernized remix of it. Um yeah. And yeah, I mean I would still if I had to pick between a live set of like Fatboy Slim or Chemical Brothers, I'm gonna go see Fatboy Slim. Like that shit. Sure, sure. He puts on a hell of a good live show. Like that shit is hype. So yeah. Um solid four, almost a five, but four for me. Uh, that uh, means Fatboy Slim walks away with a 10, matched only directly by No Effects, who also scored a 10 on the, uh, on the scale, which is funny that those two are, are, uh, are on the same score level, uh, because of how, how vastly different they are. Uh, but, uh, but man, uh, yeah, like I said, fun week, uh, what I think everyone was expecting me to be super negative on it, but I wasn't, I actually, as far as, um. As far as artists like this go, uh, this is the most enjoyable one that I've uh, that I've. Uh, I'll I'll be but. honest. After King Crimson, I figured you'd probably enjoy this a little bit more. I'm like, okay, they're not going. <laughs> Fatboy Slim isn't going off into extremely odd tangents. I think he'll <laughs> probably enjoy this at least somewhat more. <laughs> Definitely, Mark. And I did. I did. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've established that I'm probably the prog rock metal guy of the three of us. <laughs> Without without then, argument, he, without argument. Yeah, yeah, 
You and even then, I, I will definitely say I'm probably going to casually go more to Fatboy Slim than I ever will King Crimson. Right. As yeah. much as I yeah. enjoy them, I'm like, yeah, I'm really gotta, I really gotta be in the mood for King Crimson. Whereas Fatboy Slim, <laughs> while I still gotta be in some kind of mood, uh, I can put it on more casually. <laughs> Fatboy Slim with a ten. We gotta pick a new artist. It's my week. It's yes, summer. It I wanna pick. I wanna. I wanna find a reggae guy. You know what I mean? A reggae guy. We haven't done a reggae guy yet. So here's the big question, and it's some of these reggae guys, it's kind of embarrassing for me to admit <laughs> that they qualify for me. Uh, and so I'm going to go with the, the most base, like, obvious one that uh, is, is difficult for me to admit uh, I have very little familiarity with in terms of actually listening to the tracks. Jimmy Cliff. That qualifies for me. It would also qualify for me. So it, so when it comes to reggae guys, it's either Jimmy Cliff, who is like kind of the most obvious one, maybe the second biggest reggae artist of all time next to Bob Marley, who doesn't qualify, I think, probably for any nah. of us. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but the other one, of course, is, is uh, Dennis Brown. Dennis Brown, a little less famous than Jimmy Cliff. Maybe someone will hit down the line. Uh, his discography is intimidating, uh, to say the least. Uh, Dennis Brown, which is maybe why I would, again, lean towards Jimmy Cliff. Dennis Brown has like... 75 albums let's do jimmy cliff uh, let's do jimmy cliff <laughs> uh the other reason being uh but dennis brown is some that someone that we should maybe look at at some point uh on account of uh bob marley having very openly and publicly on several occasions saying that he was his favorite singer mm. of all time uh and uh and is someone uh who is who is maybe you know he's not bob marley or bunny whaler or jimmy cliff he's this other reggae artist that exists over here that might be kind of cool to dig at uh, at some point when we're looking for another reggae guy. Yeah. Uh, but I think Jimmy Cliff is maybe uh, maybe the most obvious. His his uh, uh, discography is maybe 25 albums, but uh, obviously no one's uh, expected to uh, to listen to all of them. Although I'm sure uh, Greg and I will get close and it'll be like, I, gotta, I, I know he's going to finish I'll, it. I'll probably be like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh and we'll have to see uh also of course his uh his movie is kind of a big deal as well he's like a um um uh he's got the movie the harder they come which is like his super fly basically only it's done with his uh sort of reggae style that's worth checking out as well hmm. um i don't know if it's up on anything but um yeah, not a lot of argument here <laughs> for you guys, which I wasn't really expecting. If Jimmy Cliff qualifies for you both, I think he's a good direction to go in for this next show. As Drew said two minutes ago, let's do Jimmy Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> the weeks are not the cool, weeks man. are not cool. getting any less busy right now for me. So Jimmy Cliff <laughs> with twenty five versus yep, seventy five so albums. Let's go. <laughs> dude, no shit when I pulled up his discography on Wikipedia, I was like, Whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh, morning. Uh we should Next we, uh, week we, we should... do Buckethead. <laughs> hey, if you're in the Portland, cool. Maine area, we should talk uh before we go about uh the show that's coming up this weekend. Uh yes, Drew yes, and I's promo band... before the outro this time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew and I's band, uh, yeah, you know, you, the funniest thing about that is that I put the show up and had still forgotten about the outro. Um, and then and then had to go back and make a second version of the show and re-upload it uh, because it was missing the outro. That's how much I forgot about it. Uh, but uh, Fucking like, solid. It, well, it was up for like an hour before, <laughs> in the middle of the night before I was so like, only oh, like, yeah, only like a few thousand people probably had listened to it by then, not the hundreds of thousands <laughs> that I usually do. Yeah, yeah, obviously. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, we're doing this show at Urban Farm Fermentary in Portland, Maine. It's our big comeback show. Oh man, I was, uh, you know, I I was in a lot of uh, sort of mixed feelings about it a couple of weeks back because things were still coming together. Uh, there was a point at the practice uh, two weeks ago where uh, we finished a song and uh, I turned to Colin. I said, "We're gonna kill these people," and Colin said, "We're we're absolutely gonna kill these people." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm super excited for how this thing's gonna go down. Uh, I think we're we're in a great place. We got a bunch of surprises, so uh, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. Come yeah, check it out. Be fun. Uh, also, tomorrow night or when you listen to it, it'll probably be tonight, uh, Wednesday. Uh, I am playing a solo thing with my DJ thing with DJs Stardust. Uh, new and upcoming uh, girl DJ who is just absolutely killer what she does. She's not been doing this a long time, but she's just fucking plays like she's been doing it for like 20 years. Super killer. And another friend of mine, Tumble Down, who's on, has had many releases off there for records. And he's also going to be playing. And you can get into that show at the Flash Lounge in Portland, Maine for free if you bring 10 canned goods uh, to the show that we can donate to Preble Street. Um, or it's $10 at the door. Um, Bryce, do you have something else you need to mention about the band? No, no, man. Uh, just those are, those are the dates. Uh, this Wednesday, which is the fourteenth of uh, 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 down at a uh, Flask Lounge to see Drew DJ, and then Drew and I are playing on Saturday, the seventeenth, over at a uh, uh, UFF baby Urban Farm Fermentary, Portland, Maine. Uh, show goes up at. Seven, six, seven, six o'clock uh, p.m. Make sure to be there. Um, yeah, that's when our opener, Barbie Side from New York City, will be playing. And dude, Barbie Side's huge, man. You do not want to miss them. They're fucking killer. Yeah, make sure to get there. Even I do, I do have some family stuff during the afternoon, but I'm definitely going to try to make this show at the very least yeah. for you guys. So I'm definitely going to try to make Barbie Side. I I tried listening to a couple of their stuff. It's really fucking dope. Yeah, they're coming out from New York. Yeah, we would we would love if you guys could come and support our homies from New York. I mean, that's five hours of driving to play like a forty five minute set. That's fucking brutal. Yeah, like come <laughs> support them, please. <laughs> uh, and beyond that, they're fucking great. You're gonna want to see them, man. Uh, and uh, just super cool guys. So we're excited about the show. It's gonna be awesome. It's it's a, a great little spot and. Um, and it, and it's going to be a, a fun night, man. I, I'm just I'm beside myself that their initial plan was to put us outside. Uh, <laughs> thank God uh, for them because. And they've even had to like kind of turn down the noise a bit inside too, which is really funny because I had a I played there on Saturday and they were giving me shit because like my turntables I like my bass was a little loud at the beginning and I turned it down and it was just right. like twelve o'clocks all the way up and they still said it was a little loud and I was like. It's not even that loud. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's inside. Are you fucking serious? And uh, right. so the funny thing, though, is I went out and I talked to the event coordinator and she was like, 
you need to make sure that like uh, it's gonna be tough like with a rock band and i was like yeah it will be i play loud and she was like you should try and not play drums as loud and i went no not gonna do that (laughs) and she was like i've seen other drummers do it like they can play quiet and i was like oh i can too i'm not going to though because i don't do that shit i know bitch and she was just like um you should think about maybe playing a little bit quieter to make it so the band can play quieter too and i went we just don't do that that's just not that's just not how we do it sorry you know, uh, I didn't even and, apologize. And, and I, said, like, I just said I'm just gonna like, be like. Have you that. heard of brushes? She was maybe you should. Use she was like. She was like. So you're basically show. like Animal from the Muppets. I was like, oh, like 100. Yeah. percent Like, yeah, you're just not gonna yes. get me to play in quiet. every way, in like, all of the loud drumming and all of the horniness in every way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jesus <laughs> like, well, I'm just like, ah! like I take my shirt off. Like, and, yeah. And God bless him uh, for giving us a place to play. Uh, but uh, but it is a situation where it's kind of like, uh, I, I worry about you guys continuing to do music if you have issues about groups being loud because yeah. live music is loud. And you're just kind of going to have to like, find Unless they, unless they just that. do like indie rock, like acoustic acts sure, for the rest of it. Yeah, then but like, even then, like, yeah. yeah. Like, so we're going to see how it goes, baby. <laughs> We will probably never play there again, but that's all right because. But it's fine. <laughs> so that makes the show even more special. If you want to see us at Urban Farm Fermentary, make sure you make it out this Saturday. Come catch us. Come catch us. Cause a noise ordinance fine for this lovely venue. Saturday night in Portland, Maine at Urban Farm Fermentary. Now that's punk as fuck. Yes. <laughs> Basically, if we get out of there and they're not in big trouble with the police, I'm going to feel like we we failed on some level. 100%. Uh, so. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Hey, thanks for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back next week with Volume 16, Jimmy Cliff. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Share it around. Music is better with friends. But for now, and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them.